feeling of summer, cool breezes, fresh air. When I want that feeling, summer's eve takes me there. It's clean, fresh feeling, keeps the good times on my mind. Summer's eve brings back freshness anytime. Bring back the fresh, cool, clean feeling of summer anytime with summer's eve. It's clean, fresh feeling, keeps the good times on my mind. Summer's eve brings back freshness anytime. From an undisclosed location, thousands of fathoms beneath the sea. This is the Deep Dive Podcast. All ahead, one third. Up, skull. Battle stations. Battle stations! Hello, divers, and welcome to another episode of the Deep Dive Podcast, the only podcast that George Clooney subscribes to. Oh, I didn't know that. Can neither confirm nor deny, but just go oh, with it. Just go with okay, it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Manda, cheap enthusiast, dinosaur lover, and with me as always is Tom Feeney. Hello. Hello. He is a writer for Wang's Chop Movie Magazine. I am? Yes, oh, you yes, are. I am. New episode. What is it? New edition. Yeah. It's coming available soon. Sometime whenever. on Amazon. Yeah. Amazon. Check it out. That's Check right. it out. <laughs> so welcome it's really nice very hot up in this uh area mm-hmm. yeah we're um, we're welcoming the summer solstice to yes. new england our three weeks of summer yes very exciting welcome summer solstice and because of that i figured we would do summer movies right it's kind of a given yeah now there aren't there weren't too many parameters for this there weren't too many rules just a movie you wanted to watch in the summer you know, that reminds you of the summer some good memories for me it was like i can't really talk about jurassic park again but yeah. Okay. He's shaking his head at me. I realize. I got to stop. So what you're saying is when it comes to movies, summer good and summer bad. Ooh. Oh, I was dying for that one. That was good. That was good. Anyways, I'm really excited because I, I picked some gems. All right. Some okay. We'll gems. see. So I'm going to let you go first. Oh. Uh-huh. Because I'm gracious and awesome like that. Okay, yeah. we'll go with that. <laughs> okay. All right. And then we'll just do our thing. Sounds good. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Are we welcoming me or are you welcoming their listeners? Oh, um, just welcoming me to your house. That's very welcoming. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> In any event, let's begin, shall we? <laughs> we shall. The 1980s was the greatest decade, in my humble opinion, for the summertime movie. There were movies with the words spring, break, Ma- Malibu, bikini. Beach, resort. More than any other time in American history, you had movies with these names in the titles. Is that true? That is true, as far as I, as far as you know. <clears throat> it was a great time to be alive because there were all of these really cheesy summertime movies that you know, a lot of a uh, lot of sun, a lot of sand, a lot of skin. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of that. Now, smack dab in the middle of most of that disposable garbage was 1987's Summer School, which is my mm. first pick today. Okay. Are you familiar with Summer School? Yes, uh, grades 9 through 11. We're not talking literally. Here. Oh, oh, uh, no, then no. no. Oh, okay. So Summer School is a comedy that stars Mark Harmon, you know, okay. Mr. NCIS himself. Yeah. I think that they're on their 87th season. Is that the guy that? who just takes off his glasses? No, that oh. was uh, C, uh, CSI Miami. 
Oh, okay, okay. So it went, okay, so here I think there's a progression here. It went from CSI to CSI Miami, CSI New Orleans, uh, CSI Fredericksburg, uh, (laughs) you know, went from that. Then there was NCIS. Confusing. I don't know what that stands for. Uh, Naval Command Intelligence Services or something like that, I think. Uh, so we've got, you know, this is basically the the law and order of uh, this universe. So, you know, law and order lasted forever. So do these shows. National Commune of Internal Sadness. Oh. Okay. Nice try. Nice yeah, try. that's good. That's good. Now, the original CSI show was set in Las Vegas. All right. Okay. So that used to be my playground. I remember. Yeah. And we always used to have this drinking game when the first season of uh, CSI came out, where whenever they got a location completely wrong, which they did often, that's when we would take a drink. All right. Because they had no idea what the, ge- uh, apparently what the, uh, you know, geography of Las Vegas was when they were doing that show. Because we we're like, that doesn't exist here. Well, there's only one strip, right? Yeah, but there's a lot of other neighborhoods and stuff like that, but they got everything wrong. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a that was a bit harrowing. But in any event, let's get back to what we're doing. Fun fact, yes. NCIS is actually a ripoff of JAG, which was that Air Force television show. Do you remember that? What did you call me? No. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Oh, all right, then. And we're going to keep it clean here. To the Googles. Sh- that's fine. So, Summer School is one of those comedies. Uh, it's a very light, frothy little comedy. It doesn't try to say a whole lot about the human condition. It's just, you know, sort of out there to make a buck. But this really, if you watch Summer School, it seems like this may have been written for Bill Murray. <laughs> but apparently he was unavailable. So uh. let's see. Uh, we can't get Bill Murray. Hmm. Who do we get for our summer school? We need somebody that's mm, done some TV work and is not going to be terribly expensive. Mark Harmon. <laughs> That'll be great. Wait, is that the guy from the Harmon speakers? No, that's Carden. Oh, Harmon and you're Carden. Thinking, yeah, you're yeah. thinking of the other one. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So we get Mark Harmon in this movie, and he is a high school phys ed teacher named Freddie Shoop. <laughs> See, it's already funny. Shoop. Shoop. There it is. Yeah, (laughs) see that? Or Shoop Dog. Shoop Dog. Yeah, see, you're getting it. Would you like some Shoop tonight? Ooh, can I get some tomato Shoop? Ooh. (laughs) Gotta tie my Shoops here. Oh, oh, yeah. Can I get a Shoop of ice cream? Ooh, that would be lovely. Yeah, all right. I think we're good. (laughs) I think we're done with that now. So, Mr. Shoop, as he is known... Uh, is going to spend his summer vacation in Hawaii with his girlfriend, surfing and having a great time. But, alas, it is not to be. Because he gets roped into teaching summer school with a bunch of teenage misfits who want to be there even less than he does. Freddie Shoot loves to cut class. Hates to do homework. Lives for summer vacation. But Freddie... You're a semi-charming guy and a real snappy dresser. You're just not the kind of guy I date anymore. Yeah? What kind of guy you date now? Oh, the kind who wears socks. And the only reason he hasn't been expelled yet is because he's the gym teacher. Oh, Mr. Shoop. At Oceanfront High. Congratulations. You've been chosen to teach summer school. No, I'm not a real teacher. That's all right. These aren't real students. They're unmotivated, irresponsible, not too bright. They'll relate to you. And hilarity will ensue. Wait, is this the breakfast club? No, it's it's like the Breakfast Club if all of the uh, cast members 
were, uh, let's see, all on drugs. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, that sort of thing. Ridgemont High, then. And we're not as eloquent uh, when, they, when they're confessing their, you know, particular sins. <laughs> which gotcha. does not really happen that much in this movie. Fair enough. Now, most of the kids don't even bother showing up to summer school. Uh, one kid, this is a funny kind of running gag. One kid, day one, gets up, asks for the keys to the bathroom, goes to the bathroom, never comes back <laughs> until the end of the movie. It's like one of those, oh, there he is. Oh, he just shows up. What's that? Taco Bell. Yeah. Ooh, or Chipotle. <laughs> or Chipotle. Yikes. Oof. So one of the students is played by a pre-Melrose Place, Courtney Thorne Smith. And a fellow teacher is played by Kirstie Alley, <laughs> who this was just before she joined the cast of Cheers. Ah, so she wasn't well known then. She was not that well known mm -hmm. at the time. So this is a, these are great, you know, these are all pretty good actors. Sure. Yeah. You know, and so they, they elevate the level of this movie from being your typical brain dead summer comedy. And the two characters, though, that steal the movie are these two guys in the class named Dave and Chainsaw. <laughs> and they are both horror movie fanatics. Uh, makes so sense. there's all these references. They, they're into special effects makeup and stuff. And they are sort of the class clowns. Really funny characters. Would love to see them come back in some way. But, you know, basically they were a sort of a, a, a little more of a horror themed like Bill and Ted. Okay. You yeah. know, that kind of a... Like Bulk and Skull. Like Bulk and Skull. Ooh, yeah. that's, a good, uh, yeah. that's a good reference there. Little Power Rangers. Very it. nice. Yeah, why why did they why did they both look like they were in their forties the whole time? I don't know. <laughs> well, surprise, they probably were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They got left back a lot. Did I did I ever tell you that I met Jason David Frank? Uh I think maybe you mentioned it at yeah, some point. Pretty cool I think guy. you did. I think he's gonna be at the uh Boston Fan Expo this yes, year. Yes. Very excited. Yes, I I think I'll probably be going to that. Ooh, That's always sweet. a lot of fun. Yeah. We always enjoy that being from the New England area. Yes, we are. Yeah. So there's going to be uh, going to be some interesting people, I think, are going to be there. It's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I think this year, too, they're going to try and make it a little bit bigger. So they're going to go for like the fourth day theme as opposed oh, to just nice. the three. So, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Cool. I usually waste a lot of money there. <laughs> too much to their uh, delight. Delight. And my exactly. wife's chagrin. chagrin. <laughs> there you go. Delight and chagrin. They go together. There's your comedy team. Hey. Delight and chagrin. Ugh. No, thanks. But as with these kinds of movies, they all start off kind of like, uh, I hate you, you hate me, nobody wants to be here, you know, we gotta get, you know, to, if, if the teacher doesn't get these kids to pass this class, he's gonna lose his tenure and all that fun stuff. But after a while, you know, it's one of those things where, oh, oh, they begin to learn from each other. <laughs> Isn't that nice? The kids open up to Mr. Shoop and, and he opens his heart to these misfit kids that are, you know, they're just looking for something to believe in and, and some hope. So this is a prequel to Dangerous Minds. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> or Dead Poet Society. I don't know. One of the two. One of the two. Stand and Deliver. Yeah, yeah. Just one of those kinds of movies, but a lot funnier. And so ultimately, you know, they, they sort of connect as, of course, you know, you expect that to happen in a comedy. Mm. And all pretty much ends well. I'm not going to spoil it, even though, <laughs> why would I bother? It's a comedy. <laughs> it's not like there's a huge plot going on here. Right. But anyway, that's okay. But summer school is a lot of fun. It's mm. a fun 
uh, little comedy. It's actually got some really nice moments in it. I really like a lot of the characters that are in it. Uh, it's well worth a view. It's good light summer. It's like light summer reading, you know. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna read War and Peace while I'm sitting in the lounge chair, you know. So you want something lighter, and this is really good for that sort of thing. So summer mm-hmm. school is really nice. Now, gets. We're gonna go to the scores. Oh, all right. We're gonna score. go to the scores. Six point six out of ten. Internet Movie Database. Not bad. And a respectable 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. So it is available to rent for $2.99 from YouTube, Amazon Prime, Vudu, and other streaming services. And if you subscribe to the Showtime Premium Channel, you can watch it as of this recording for free. Ooh. Yes, indeed. That's pretty good. Yeah, I love that movie. It's a lot of fun. It's unexpected for you. I would have figured that if it was like summer school and with people named Chainsaw, it would have turned into something a little bit bloody. Just wait. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's up. You're up. Oh, all right. So I decided I was going to do a really great one. I really enjoyed this one. The Avengers. Wait, not the one with, not the one with Ray Fiennes in it. That's the one. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I was thinking that you were going to think, oh, Thor and Captain whatever. But obviously, no. no. Me not moron. Me no. <laughs> and Uma but, Thurman. And Uma Thurman. Exactly. Wow. So also, Mr. Sean Connery. Oh. Yes. We're from this round, Trebek. <laughs> oh, Alex, we love Ooh, you. We're pulling for you. Mount a bank. <laughs> So this movie has everything you expect out of a summer blockbuster film. Spies, suspense, clones, Ooh. plots to rule the world, and cross-dressing. And nothing you'd expect from a movie called The Avengers. Exactly. To stop a madman. You will buy your weather from me. On a mission of destruction. Hundreds of millions will die. They'll drown. Burn. You need a lady who's lethal. What did you have in mind? Nothing too messy, I hope. And a hero. John Steed. In a hat. You'll pay for that. This summer. You'd like us to work as a team. You mean I have to trust you? Absolutely. Good. There's no hammer. There's no Thanos. Yeah, none of that. Mm -mm. Although, didn't we just hear recently that they're going to re-release Endgame? With some new scenes. Oh, I think we did hear about That's that. Pretty yes, good. yes. Yeah. Um, shout out to my husband who gave me that little piece of information. Oh, well, way to way to break your sources. Yeah, sorry about that. Mm. In any case, so Fines, so Ralph Fines and Uma Thurman are agents, right? Secret agents, spies. Actually, she's more of a scientist, but um, they have to work together because they have to figure out and destroy the plot. Which is the same old trope, right? Where everyone wants to rule the world and they're going to hold something against it. Actually, at one point in this film, I had a flashback, a deja vu moment to Dr. Evil in Austin Powers. When you know when he goes up on those screens and he tries to send a message to the world leaders? You pay me one million dollars or whatever it is. Yeah, something like that. But basically, they're going to work together. Um, And their agency, who the head of the agency is the mother... And which was kind of like this weird thing. I was like, are we talking about like Advent children or like some weird thing? Because the mother is Jim Broadbent. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like um, the borrowers, Jim Broadbent and yeah. uh, Professor Slughorn. Right. Mm-hmm. Love him, by the way. Uh, so essentially, Sean Connery is a weather terrorist. I guess we could call him. Weatherist. Weatherist. Yeah. Basically in the future, let's call it. Mm. Um, we can control the weather with machinery. 
right? So we can make it hail in some area, we can turn off the weather, and you know, that kind of stuff would have a detrimental effect to people. You would think. Yeah, like it would be pretty bad if Mm -hmm. it starts, you know, raining down ice in Vegas forever, you know, in terms of new ice age or whatever. So Sean Connery's like, well, I'm going to seize these machines and I'm going to, you know, withhold them from you and you have to pay me every bit of money that you have and you got to do it by midnight, right? It's kind of like that Madonna, that Madonna and uh, Justin Timberlake song, Four Minutes to Midnight, is that what it's called? Yeah. This is more like $56 trillion million till midnight. Wow. Those yeah. Scotsmen and their money. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Then. Okay. Anyways. Um, so this also takes like a really weird turn, turn because remember how I mentioned there's clones? Well, Uma Thurman has a clone and for like the last half of the movie, you don't actually know who is who. Like, are you talking to the clone? Did she actually blow up? It just, it's a weirdness. But um, basically, there is a battle at the end. And I don't really want to spoil it, but it, uh, I'd say the good guys, the good guys do triumph, mm. right? But the funny thing about this is I chose it because it is currently right now free on Voodoo. And I was poking around <laughs> looking for some stuff. And I was like, hmm, the Avengers. Free? There's no way. But it turns out it wasn't the actual Avenger. Well, you know, the, hmm, the good right. one. So anyways, I picked that. Um, to the scores. IMDb gives it a 3.7. Mm, yeah. Metacritic gives it a very low 12%. Mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes gives it even lower at 5. Wow. It's because the movie was garbage. Yeah. It was... <laughs> Yes. Thank you, Mr. Tom. Uh, and I'm giving it a 5.5 on my mandameter. Mandameter. Mm. You know what would be really funny? Yeah. Is if you had your own rating system, we could call you the tomato meter. Because you're like a Tom. I think that's been done. Oh. And I do not want to get sued. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Where can you watch this amazing spy summer movie? Like I said, you can watch it on Voodoo for free right now. Of course, there are some ads. You can watch it on YouTube, Google Play for $1.99 a rental or... Redbox. I love that Redbox has their own streaming service now. You can get it for $9.99 purchase. Hashtag sponsor us. Hashtag sponsor us. Love this. But anyways, I thought it was hilarious because, <laughs> I don't know, Uma Thurman, I will always see her in Kill Bill. And I'll always see Ralph Fiennes as uh, Voldemort. So it's just funny to me. Okay. Yeah. Right, but it, it does have some action-packed scenes where I feel like, you know, this could be kind of summery if you were in the theater watching it. Like, before you left the theater. Because you were just so upset about it. Okay. Yeah. Or just watch The Kingsman instead. I haven't seen the second one. Eh, you yeah. don't have to. Yeah. The first one was good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I do love Colin Firth, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. My wife has an inexhaustible crush on Colin Firth, so. <laughs> has she seen Pride and Prejudice, like the original BBC one? Are or not you, the original, like. You, okay. Never mind. Have never you met, mind. Have you met my wife? Funny story. Anecdote here, right? Way back when, when Borders was still alive. Remember Borders? Oh, I miss Rest Borders. Rest in peace. Aww. Yeah. Um, I went to go pick up the DVD of Pride and Prejudice, and it was me and these two old ladies at the counter. There was like this giant, you know, thing that they used to lock movies up that were really popular. Yep. And I was like, there's no way they're going to go for it. And then they asked the dude, can we have that? And I was like, it's the last copy. Are you serious? So then I went to the Walmart, which is sort of adjacent, and I picked it up for like five bucks less. Well, that turned out well yeah. for you. Yeah, it did. You didn't yeah. decide to beat the old ladies into submission and take their copy? <sighs> I considered it, but okay. I just I was too young for jail. I appreciate your restraint. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Very nice. <laughs> but I can honestly binge Pride and Prejudice for like three days straight, just over and over and over again. My husband hates it. Sorry, Wayne. Yeah. Anyways, my first pick... Now it's on to you. All right. <laughs> Can you beat that? Oh, I think so. <laughs> I think so. 
Uh, as I drink out of my red solo cup, you know, I could, let's uh, see you try. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I could beat that with an old VHS copy of some fitness video. But <laughs> I am going to instead go with my actual second pick. Would it be a Richard Simmons film? No. Okay. All right. Continue. I don't know if he did any movies. <laughs> where is he anyway? That's another podcast. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> where are they now? <laughs> yeah. No, there is actually one about where is Richard Simmons. Really? I'm not joking. <laughs> it's pretty weird. In any event. In any event. For years after the release of the original <laughs> blockbuster Jaws, there were a near infinite number of copycat films trying to capitalize on... <laughs> On its success. You wouldn't say. I would say. And I've got some examples. <laughs> yeah. Orca. They had a killer whale. That's not fair. Great white. Devilfish. <laughs> Piranha. Oh. Mako. The Jaws of Death. What about Anaconda? No, I don't count that because that's a snake. Mm, fair enough. Barracuda was another movie. And one called Tentacles. Ew. Yes, I said tentacles. Not the other word. Thank you. And the list goes on and on and on, as I'm sure we'll find out later. However, there was one Jaws-inspired movie that had a very interesting premise. What if you couldn't even get to the water? Hmm. I present to you 1981's Blood Beach. Ooh. The California coast, playground of America, until something deep beneath the sand turned it into Blood Beach. Blood Beach, where the water may be the safest place to be. Rated R. Yes. Here comes the blood factor. Right, here we go. <laughs> so the film stars veteran character actor John Saxon as Police Captain Pearson, who you may remember as the drunk cop slash dad from the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Oh, nice. He was the kind of like dad who didn't believe what was going on, and he was, you know, he was a, you know kind of a jerk until <laughs> the end. Yeah. So in this movie, beachgoers at California's Venice Beach are either disappearing without a trace or being mutilated by something that seems to live near the beach. At first, authorities believe it's some kind of crazy serial killer. But they soon realize that there's something living under the sand, something very dangerous. Hmm. So before the body count can get any higher, Captain Pearson and the police hatch a plan to draw this creature out into the open and destroy it. Hmm. And that is sort of the basic idea of Blood Beach. So, essentially, you're not even safe in the sand because this creature that lives, kind of looks like a big old Venus flytrap, uh, basically grabs people while they're, like, sitting or laying down on the beach and pulls them under and kills them. Oh. And it's really, I mean, the for a cheesy kind of early 80s, horror type movie it's pretty effective the way they they set that up because people are being kind of dragged under and you get that kind of like oh i'm you know they're suffocating and right. it's like Ugh. it's like beetlejuice kind of yeah yeah but it, they're 
you know, a lot of the deaths are kind of like, ugh, they're not gory. It's not really gory. It's all kind of in your mind. Those but you the see best. them getting sucked under the sand, like tremors, you know, like right. that kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's very effective. It's a great premise. Um, the movie itself can get a little dry. It's more of a police procedural kind of thing where they're investigating, they're talking to people, seeing witnesses. Everybody's saying, oh, there's this creature, then nobody believes them, of course, and all that, before we get to kind of the main event where they're using these backhoes to dig under the sand, under the beach and the piers, trying to find it, find this thing, and they can't do it, so they got to figure out how to draw it out. Um, but for being one of those kinds of inspired by Jaws movies, it's fun. It's actually well done. The actors are good. Um, there really needs to be a cleaned up version of this film though hmm. as far as the way it looks <laughs> because every every print that i have seen of this movie looks like it was uh like shot through gauze because it's very like soft hmm. you know and hazy is that like a, sort of an effect though where you're doing some somewhere weird alter like, i don't know you know what i, I mean? don't know I, I think it i think maybe that's part of it but i also think that the film could benefit from a remastering of some kind right and you know just clean it up just clean it up a little bit i think it would look a lot better if they could do that uh you've got you know uh paulie from the rocky movies is in it as another as another as another cop <laughs> it's like oh that's the other thing he did uh, yeah, so, I, I really could not stand him yeah i couldn't stand him either but he's not like he's not like as bad in this movie or as drunk as drunk right you know yeah. he's he's just he's just a police guy he's another detective trying to solve the crime Got all it. that so, or that sort of thing it, you know like i said it, it's for a horror movie it's kind of tame a little mm-hmm. bit because there's not, not a lot of blood and guts so if that's your thing if that's your blood bag then you might want to avoid <laughs> avoid it that's okay it also has for me the best movie tagline ever mm. now back uh the the second jaws movie Jaws 2, great title. Jaws 2. <laughs> Their tagline was just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Dun, 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 right? Mm-hmm. You can do it. This one completely ripped that off. And their tagline was just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, you can't get to it. Ooh. Yeah. That's yeah. clever. I loved it. I, I got loved chills. That. It's awesome. That was good. Blood Beach. So that's my second pick. Let's get to the score, shall we? We shall. 4.4 out of 10 on the Internet Movie Database. Could be better. Could be better. And also eh, 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, I I understand, but, you know, this is kind of a movie that I have a lot of affection for. Not because it's a good movie, (laughs) just because I think it's fun and I really enjoyed it when I saw it. I was, you know, rented it on video and all that stuff, you know, when I was a kid. Blockbuster? No, no, th- I never, I, you know, I've never in my life had a Blockbuster uh, membership. That has to be a lie. No, it's not. It's not. Wow. I never liked Blockbuster at all. I always went to a local, like, family-owned yeah. video store, you know? And then when I couldn't do that, I would still go someplace else, like Hollywood Video or some other one, uh, just because I did not, I did not like, like their policies. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, nope, no Blockbuster for me. They still have one, I think, in Alaska. I think there's one left. There's yeah. one left. Yeah. Yeah, well, suits yourself. Mm, Anyways, yeah. 
That was good. Thank you. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I appreciate because it. I like the fact that it's a more of a psychological thriller almost. Yeah, right? you you, know, hard, you don't see the thing until the end. Yeah, which is you know probably for budgetary reasons, <laughs> but still yeah. you work with what you have and you do the best with it. So if you can't yeah. see the creature, you imply that it's there and let the viewer use their imagination to kind of figure out what it is and what's going on. I feel like so many monster movies have really made that. Uh, like really done that really well. Like I can think of a couple just off the top of my head, and I'm like, yeah, I don't. You don't really see that monster that much in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Leprechauns is comes comes to mind. Um, maybe the third one. I don't know. I, it's one of the ones where you can't see him until like halfway through the movie. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah. Whatever this... the eight or nine Leprechaun movies. Yeah, there's so many of them. <laughs> but that was a good pick, and it's funny because I think it kind of rolls into my pick. Oh. Or perhaps it swims into my pick oh my movie um exactly is also based on jaws it's a um it's actually based on jaws 3 because it's a jaws 4 oh oh (laughs) also known as jaws Jaws, the The revenge Revenge. this time it's personal (laughs) it has attacked her family it picked up sean it killed your father and haunted her dreams When it killed Sean, I knew with absolute certainty it had come for him. Now, there is one last battle to be fought. We're headed straight for it. He's gonna hit us! Lorraine Gary and Michael Caine. Jaws. The Revenge. This time, it's personal. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. From glorious 1987. Oh I'm going to tell you that this movie is awesome. It's just I'm just going to say. You mean it. awful when you said no. awesome? No, but I will say there's a Jaws 3D one too. I was going to pick that because the 3D is hilarious. Oh, but, it's so bad. But do you remember at the end where like the like the guts and blood or whatever spits up on the screen? <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to ruin it, but it was funny. Um. Anyways, so this is the fourth installment of the Jaws franchise. And I have to say, it is probably rated as the worst installment. Well, it killed it. There were no more Jaws movies after no, that. There weren't. I know. But l- let me just say, it. I think it deserves a second chance. And let me tell you why. So, um, it stars Lorraine Gary, who is the original Ellen Brody, Mrs. Brody, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Do anything for a paycheck, Michael Caine. Yes, we did mention this where before, and I have to say, you are actually right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In rewatching this movie, I was like, "Is that really Michael Caine?" But whatever. Um, so Bruce the shark is back, sorta. Except it's the fourth Inception of Jaws, which features Bruce's son Shark, also known as Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Now, funny, there is a wiki fandom page oh, <laughs> for God. Bruce the shark, Please. and. In all of the movies, um, the sharks were actually part of Bruce's family. So the second one was his wife, Brucette. Um, The third one involved uh, both Danny, his grandson, and Brucetta, his daughter. This one is Vengeance. I did not make this up. This This, can't be true. This is the truth. It is on the wiki fandom page. That still doesn't make it true. (laughs) The crew members got to name the sharks. And so I believe that they would have gone with a name like Brucetta. Having seen this movie, they weren't exactly that clever. I love a good Brucetta. But I would not name a shark that because they are delicious. Uh, one happy family, it would seem. So basically, all right, let's get to it. Martin Brody, who is, you know, the sheriff, he's already died off screen of a heart attack. And Ellen, his wife, is convinced that this is just due to memories of Bruce and all the, you know, the PTSD that comes with basically mm-hmm. being hunted by a giant animatronic sure. shark. Like, you know, it happens. It happens, you know. Um, but the Brody's youngest son, Sean, who is now sort of in his dad's place, he's a police officer, sheriff kind of guy in the same Amityville uh, area of Massachusetts, which, by the way, pause. 
I love these films because I think it brings great praise to Massachusetts, which is where I'm from, born and bred. Go Mass. Um, More like brown bread in a can. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you know we also have chicken in a can? Like whole chicken in a can? Ugh. So if we ever get caught in the apocalypse, like our, what, episode 11 or something it was, we know where to go. Yeah, because if you eat that chicken, you'll be on the can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gross. Uh, anyways. Uh, so he, his son Sean responds to a call of incidentally wouldn't you know it sharks in the water what yeah i know and it's dark out so the first thing you do of course is put on your yellow uh rain jacket and just go out into the darkness Mm. and fight a shark well he didn't win right Mm. he gets chomped his arm gets chomped off oh dear and then he just gets eaten it was a nice little old meal. Mm. Um, so now, of course, Ellen has seen her her husband die, her son die. She's like in like a fit, right? Now, they do have another son, Michael, who I guess lives in the Hamptons or something. And he comes down to the funeral for his brother and says, Mom, come live with us. And she doesn't want to leave, but she wants to leave. So now it's this big family vacation. And they're like, we got to get mom away from the shark. So let's <laughs> Yeah, get mom away from the shark. Great idea. <laughs> so let's go to the Bahamas. Mm. You know, like my family has just died. I'm very sad. I've been, you know, this been dealing with this for like 30 years. But let's just go yeah. to the Bahamas. Let's fly so, to the Bahamas. The shark's not going to beat us there or no, anything. No, no, no. Of course not. It's totally implausible for a shark to swim all the way to the Bahamas from Massachusetts, which is approximately 1,193 miles. And yet. And yet. So they go to the Bahamas and they meet Michael Caine, also known as Hoagie. Of course. <laughs> because he has a plane. He's like a touristy guy. He's like, get get in my little prop plane and we'll drive around the beach or, I mean, you know, the island or whatever. So they meet him and inevitably he ends up helping to save them because guess what? Vengeance does make it there. Wow. He does. Well, you know, those little electrodes on sharks' nose, noses, they, they sense blood like up to like three miles away. Well, in this case, he could do it like, you know, across oceans. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so it it then basically they have to outlive vengeance um, and they do this in several ways. Um, First would be by using Hoagie's, you know, um, plane thing Um, and then also a banana boat. Or, you know, staying on land. Or staying on land. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, the Bahamas is an island. Did you really want to be trapped there? Oh, but they have a plane. Wait a minute. This is just dawning on me now. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. No wonder why I got rated so low. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, yeah, they just got to go. They, they, they're they being attacked by this massive fish. Oh, and by the way, sharks are fish. Fight me if you don't believe it. Anyways. Um, Who are you uh, talking to? Uh, yeah. Nobody. Just the, the wall. Okay. Just, yeah. And the one listener we yeah. actually have. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't want to spoil it. Oh, don't you? (laughs) It's already spoiled in so many ways. In so many ways. Um, But I will just end this. Uh, Do they outlive vengeance? Does vengeance outlive them? Can vengeance ever really live out, outlive something? I guess you have to watch it. And Mm, where can you watch it? Don't. I'm going to tell you where. Don't. I'm going to do it. Don't. You can watch it on stars the mm. app for free mm. you can also watch it on these stars amazon combo remember how i mentioned they were doing these things where mm-hmm. they would partner together well there's one of those that's for free you can also watch it on fandango now playstation app for 2.99 a rental or you can buy it and why wouldn't you uh-huh. for 9.99 well, i can on tell amazon. you why. okay so here's why here's why so two things that yeah. popped to mind there's a scene where they're all in the ocean. They're all like in the water. Yeah. You can see the waves lapping up against the fake background sky. <laughs> if you look, you see them hit. They're in a tank. Yeah. And you can see the waves actually hitting the background. It's painted. 
It's a painted sky. Okay. Which is horrifying. Like a matte painting. Yes. Yeah. And in the end, which of course I will not spoil, but let's just say somehow this vengeance shark develops <laughs> vocal cords and roars. <laughs> Okay, let's <laughs> let's count the ways that's scientifically impossible. impossible. Sharks do not roar. They're going to give me my fun fact, right? Because I was like, they don't have vocal cords. No. <laughs> um, oh, crap. Oh. I got so excited. You got another, excited. You hit the mic. I know. Another fun fact here is that uh, it was named on the official list of worst movies ever. Yes. Literally ever. And also during the 8th Golden Raspberry Awards, the film won the most prestigious award of worst visual effects ever. Wow. There, there's a Venn diagram somewhere between worst movies ever and Michael Caine movies that overlaps quite a bit. That's interesting, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, check that out. But which doesn't I, exist. I thought I thought it was hilarious. I just love the family trope. Like, the, this is my dad's job. He went to go eat these people, so I'm going to carry on the legacy and eat them again. Yeah, you didn't even mention Mario Van Peebles <laughs> oh, yes, and his fake as accent. Jake. <laughs> By the way, there is, um, I guess, a DVD version where Jake actually does get eaten, but you don't see it in the film. I can't remember if that's what I read. Something in the DVD version where he does get eaten up. Oh, is there a director's cut of this? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, I don't own this, but I am on oh, the hunt man. for it. So, um, How yeah. much worse can it be? <laughs> well, now that you ask, oh, no. um, let me get to the scores. <laughs> Here we go. So IMDb gives it a 2.9. Mm-hmm. That's generous. A Metacritic gives it a 15. Mm-hmm. And are you ready for this? Oh, I can't wait. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 0% oh. <laughs> across 35 reviews oh, and chills. like 15,000 audience chills, reviews. Chills, chills. Oh, it's so perfect. <laughs> I'm giving it a 7.5 because I thought it was hilarious. It's funny. Come on. It's unintentionally funny. <laughs> also, I really, I like how they pay attention to the, the shark's like row of teeth because normally in these big films you see like all these big chompers, but sharks actually have like four or five rows of teeth. Did you know that? I, I think I do. And then when they replace another one, just kind of kicks in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, oh, cool. They're paying attention to that. But they also won for worst visual effects. So I guess it doesn't really matter. Pretty much. I think you should check it out because I thought it was hilarious. Oh, I think you should just go in Deep Blue Sea again. <gasps> Ooh. Guess what? Samuel L. Jackson. He's tired of his mother yeah. trucking sharks. That's right. Yep. And boy, does he bite it. <laughs> Wait, does he? B- okay. Never mind. But anyways. There. I thought that was hilarious. I'm so glad that yours led into mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boy, mine makes yours look like an Academy Award yeah, winner. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty awesome to say that with Jaws 4. <laughs> yeah, Jaws 4. Jaws 4 nothing. That's just... Oh, man. Yeah, killed the franchise. Thanks. Yeah. Well, oh, you know. So that was pretty good, huh? Yeah, I like Not that. Bad. I like that. So that's We good. have uh, come to the point in our show where we like to give shout outs and check them outs and all that fun stuff. Um, I got a couple. Oh, yeah. Go, go for cool. it. So I recently found this podcast called On the Trail with Scott and uh, Kevin. And it's about Jeeps, right? I'm a Jeep enthusiast. Had no idea. Yeah, yeah. So... I really enjoy their podcast. I love how they're very quick, but they're short and they're um, important to listen to. They give really good advice for us of us, you know, some of us who are still learning um, and who need help on the trails. And, and they just really seem like really cool people. So Scott and Kevin make up a engineer slash parts guy duo. So they know quite a bit over their, their 50 years of experience. So I reached out to them and said, hey, really enjoy your episodes. Oh, nice. Thanks so much. They responded. Oh. And I'm going to read a little bit what they said. Go ahead. Because they're pretty awesome. <clears throat> 
thank you for thank you your audio sound your audio quality sounds great you have no idea how many people send me links to their show asking how to fix their poor audio quality it's very refreshing to hear a show like yours so um they gave me some advice too about like how to do some hashtags to get more um Mm -hmm. you know viewers Mm -hmm. and and listeners and they're just really cool people so i want to give a huge shout out and thank you so much to scott and kevin over at the on the trail podcast and as always, our friends over at Belligerence, they gave us oh, some yeah. cool shout outs in their last couple episodes. So we really yeah, appreciate thanks, that. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. Oh, yeah, that's good for me. So, next dive. Next dive. Break out the potato salad, the frankfurters, <laughs> the teeny little flags, <laughs> and the illegal fireworks because it's Independence Day. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to have what I like to refer to as an out of this world podcast Ooh. as we prepare for alien invasion <laughs> movies. This was my choice. What is more patriotic than that? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Will Smith. Don't get me started. Genie. <laughs> uh, he was much better as Deadshot in Suicide Squad. But uh, yeah, I digress. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that does it for this episode of the Deep Dive Podcast. Stay tuned for Maximum RBGs, the only podcast to extensively cover the early car racing career of current Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> That's on most of these podcast stations. All right. Are you ready to wrap it up? I'm ready. Let's do this thing. In three, Three, two, two, one. Bruce lives. Summer. Oh. That's not bad. That wasn't that bad. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to Spirits of the Symphonic and Echo Craft for our amazing theme music. Links to both artists can be found on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.podbean.com. If you like us, you can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Overcast, or wherever fine podcasts are found. This time, it's personal. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Media.